What's up, Wild fans? This is Dev here, and I am here to talk to you about our good friends over at Better Edge, the premier sports betting marketplace in the world, I would even say. It's great. You can make your own lines. There's absolutely no fees. So whenever you place a bet on you know, your favorite team, the Minnesota Wild, you're not going to pay a fee, and you're going to get top-of-the-line lines to bet on. And there's absolutely no fees ever. So just hop on there, use promo code 10K, and get a free $10 at sign up. Absolutely. Definitely go check out our friends at Better Edge. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. And again, like Zooch said, use promo code 10K for 10 free dollars. Good luck out there and make sure to follow Wild Takes 10K for your pregame Wild Take for a fun little betting tidbit each and every game. Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real. Set Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. Dumba scores! Brian Walston for the wild. Penalty shot to tie the game. He blasts it Oh, my, what a shot. Fiala, Caprizov scores. The thrill breaks the seal. Minnesota wins in overtime. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we celebrate Kevin Fiala narrowly missing breaking the new Wild Point Streak record. He tied it with 12 games and then fell short just a little bit last night. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my dashingly attractive co-host, Zooch. And we were recording this on a beautiful, brisk Tuesday night, about an hour before the first puck of the second half of the season drops. Hey, I'm doing good. Um... Like you said, we're recording this about an hour before puck drop, and I'm uh, going to guarantee a wild win tonight because they just beat teams they should beat. So uh, happy second place in the Central and second place in the Western Conference to you, everybody listening. Amen. By the time that you're listening to this, like we said, it really won't matter, so you know we don't have to pretend. Uh, the Wild have been, you know, they're 2-0-0 against the Jets this year. They have just thoroughly outplayed them except for about a period and a half back about a in, period back I would in October. Say. Yep. Um, but now that this game is over, the wild now have 40 games in the next 80 days beginning Saturday against Carolina. That's going to kick off a game every other night for the next few weeks. We are like, there's only like two or three teams in the entire league that have played fewer games than the Minnesota wild. And we're about to enter the fun part of the season where the boys are just going to be going, going, going. How excited are you for both this game against the Carolina Hurricanes and also the rest of the season? Well, I'm obviously very excited to see how this team just continues to grow, really. We've had a lot of time off these last, I'd say, a month and a half here. The yeah. Wild have gone very, very long times in between games. They went 11 days. We just we have, went we've six. Played, we've played it, 15 games in the last two months. 
which it, it probably has helped the Wild. I mean, we can't dismiss that as helping the Wild no. kind of be well rested every single we're able, game. And they we're play. able to be, we're able to be well, yeah, like you said, well rested and also heal up from injuries. You know, exactly. Matt Dumba takes a Matt Dumba gets seriously, uh, you know, hurt, and he's going to wind up only missing a game or two. Well, and uh, we we didn't call up Addison, did we? Nope. Yeah, so we were wrong, Dev. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shocking. Uh, yeah, that's never happened Shocking. before, and it will never happen again. <laughs> yeah. You have our word. We're sorry about that, but um, I don't know what's going on with that. I I kind of expected if if an injury like that did happen that we would see Kalen Addison kind of step into a bigger role, but yeah. I, I, I hate I think the people who are acting. Well, right, but I hate the people that are acting like Jamie Benn is like some just awful hockey player when he's out on the ice for the Wild. He, you guys, you just got to accept he's he's an okay fifth and sixth defenseman. That's typically what you get as a fifth and sixth defenseman. Yeah. You go over to Edmonton and check out their bottom pair, and you can let me know how, how that looks. I'm guessing I, not I very good. I guarantee you Edmonton <laughs> would trade both of their bottom pair for Jamie Benn. <laughs> Exactly. Or Jordy Ben. <laughs> I mean, they would trade for Jamie Ben too. Well, but... in a heartbeat. <laughs> for Jamie Ben. But uh, for Jordy Ben, they would do that as well. Just Ooh, okay. Be... How about how about uh, some uh, some other? I know we know we just brought up a Stars player getting traded. Um, I know we said about, last week. Talk about Pavs. Yeah, I know we said last week we wouldn't. Uh, we we'd like to see this team, you know, stay stay the same. But I don't think adding a guy like Joe Pavelski would hurt the locker room at all. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a very good locker room piece. Um, and honestly, could you think – I mean, sure, Claude Giroux, if he's available. But for the price, I don't think we'd have to give up a terribly high prospect. I don't think we'd have to give up a first-round pick, maybe a first-round pick. I mean, I don't know. At this point of Pavelski's career, he's getting older, but he's still playing at such a high pace. I don't know what – in terms of a return, the Wild would have to send that way to get Pavelski. But I'm more and more growing into the idea of him centering Fiala and Bolte and just letting that yeah. line kind of go crazy. Yeah, no, and I mean, uh, you know, our good pal Don Lachishan has has him at in the top five in Dom's uh, GSVA model. With Pavs is quietly having a really good year on a pretty bad Stars team. <laughs> I know, he's been pretty good the past, you know, ever since he 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 kind of moved into that part of his career where he's over the age of 35. I think a lot of players get kind of shunned into thinking like, okay, he's he's lost it. He's over the age of 35. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a grizzled vet. But I think he's shown age is just a number. If Tom Brady didn't show it. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Brady was the MVP of Right. So, I mean, age is... Yager is was is playing he's leading his league in like points exactly. per game. And let's 50. reiterate, age is just a number in sports, everybody. Okay. That's <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. So Yeah, it's crazy. Um yeah. I mean I agree. I think that uh you know I, I, Dom is yeah, Pat Pavs is great. I what is he thirty eight years old? Thirty seven. So okay. I mean I I was I was I wouldn't, I wouldn't we would hear. And, and he wouldn't be the addition that I Okay, we live in Minnesota. We're notoriously negative fans because we just haven't won titles up here, so we're just <laughs> grumpy. So you can already hear, I can already hear the fans. Wow, trading for one-year rental. Wow, 37-year-old. Are you kidding me? We couldn't go out and get someone that's like in their 20s? No, yeah. it's a rental. He wouldn't be here for the long term. It would be finding a center for your elite wing pairing that we all of a sudden just put together with Boldy yeah. and Fiala. And then you have three 
high-flying, powerful lines that honestly would rival any team in the league <laughs> in terms yeah. of like skill. Um, and remember when we were all discussing, wow, who's going to center Kaprizov and Zuccarello? I think that question's been answered for the most part. I think Hartman's doing yeah, his name is Ryan Hartman. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was a signing when we brought Ryan Hartman in. Um, 24 year old, kind of a, he, he got a one year prove it deal. That was a mm. signing. I was personally, me seeing the name, I was excited for because I remembered him in, you know, Nashville. I remembered him in Chicago, obviously. Mm. Um, but w- what a player. I mean, he had all the skills. We just needed to see him put it together and consistently put it all on the ice. Yeah. And finally, we're seeing it. And Christ, he's going to shatter his goals record in a season. I mean, absolutely shatter that. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a 1C. May not be your traditional 1C that is like, you know, one of the best players on a team. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Hartman does his job. Would, Hartman is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I still can't even get over it because preseason, I, uh, right before the puck drop of the first game, I sent a tweet out saying who, like, my predictions for the season. I think I said 98 points, second in the central. Um, Fiala, Zuccarillo, and Kaprizov leading the team. I believe I'm wrong on that right now. I think yeah. Hartman might actually be in the top three. So that was a name I I knew he was going to be a good player. I didn't think he would be top three in your team scoring. That's no astounding, it's crazy to think about, um, especially just because of like his career being all over the right. place. But uh, you know, Marcus Felino was back on spitting chicklets this week and he he said it too he was like look man like we all knew he was good he was a first round draft pick back in the day right but holy shit is it crazy to see him go from you know what he had been the last couple years to what he's been the last year and a half (laughs) going from a penalty killer and a bottom six skater to like a first line center and taking power play minutes (laughs) yeah he was an awesome grinder too like the the guy just rocks yeah um and good locker room piece, kind of like what we were great talking locker about room piece. later I was in our interview. Just about to say the same yeah. thing. I like where your head's at. Uh, really goes to say about you know the culture that we've got going on here in, in Minnesota and really the whole organization. Um, culture is something that we talked a lot about with, uh, with our guest this week, who is a very special guest. He is the voice of the Iowa Wild, and his name is Ben Gislason, uh, which I, I, I learned – well, you'll see. You'll hear. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's toss to let's take a quick break and we'll toss to Ben Gislason. Our next guest is a very special guest. He works with the future of the wild on a daily basis. He has a voice that can make a Wolverine purr and suits that make Sinatra look like a hobo. And on top of that, he's a great locker room guy. He is Pat Nicoletti's all-time favorite broadcast partner, sources pending on that, and a grizzle veteran with over 100 games played in the NAHL. Please welcome on the voice of the Iowa Wild, Ben Gieselson. Ben, how are you? And uh, I just realized that you even told us how to say your last name, and I just messed it up, so my bad there. Well, as I think I said when we were going over name pronunciations in my last name that I do love, but it is really difficult to look at and take stabs at uh, that's not the most massively butchered uh, version of my last name that I've ever heard so uh, no problem no offense taken it's great to be on and uh, Deb that was a, a terrific 
walkthrough on the intro. I really, um, I'm humbled by that. Uh, you got to pump some tires, man. Uh, I, I feel pumped up. Uh, my tires are full of air. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I just left the local gas station with four, four fresh tires. I'm, I'm, I'm ready and rearing, ready to go, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. You know, we were, we were talking about, so it is Gislason, right? And yep, it, there it okay. is. Yeah. Cool. I, I wanted to make sure I got it right at least once so that I can say that I did and I can, you know, <laughs> maybe hang it up on the fridge at home. Um, <laughs> so is that, I guess the first question, is that where, you know, like on Twitter, you're the voice, you're the voice of Benny G. Um, you know, is that where that came from? Is you're just like, screw it. I don't want to have to deal with people butchering my name. Well, it's interesting. You bring that up. The, the Twitter, the Twitter handle for me, it actually, it used to be, um, so I, and when I was playing junior, you mentioned my junior career. I've, my roommate and I, when I was playing in the North American league, we fell in love with, uh, she's out of my league, um, with, Great uh, film. yeah. Uh, with Jay Baruchel, um, just an awesome movie. And there's like a, there's a quote from there when they're at the penguins game, uh, and they went yule intermission and we just we thought that was so funny and so i was yule gisser because people in college called me gisser and then as i was getting into broadcasting out of college and i was looking around and seeing a lot of people at the levels that i wanted to get to had a good moniker had a good little uh, you know name that would go along with their persona if you will uh, and then when I was in the USHL where I got my real start in broadcasting with the Des Moines Buccaneers, there was a broadcaster in Muskegon, um, that every week we would do plays of the week where you would get all the best plays. We do it in the American hockey league too, where broadcasters will get some different calls from around the league and then you'll put them together. You'll put together a voiceover, you know, this is Ben Gisselson of the Des Moines Buccaneers. This is the plays of the week in the American Hockey League. And then you talk about all of them. And he did it um, in Muskegon. And uh, Scott Bradford is his name. He's no longer with them. He's a really good broadcaster, though. And he said something along the lines of, now to Des Moines, where the, uh, the mellow tones of not Kenny G, but Benny G has the call for you on this goal by whoever it was. And oh, I heard that. Good. And I was like, I like that, Benny G. And – so I, that kind of came into mind with the moniker when I was thinking about what is a good at sign on Twitter when I wanted to change it from the very uh, college days, uh, <laughs> ye old gisser moniker. And so that's where it came from. And with that now, it really has spun into, if, you know, if I'm in the locker room with, with wild players or even coaching staff, a lot of the guys do call me Benny G or Benny. Yeah, um, so that's that's a uh, and you asked and so you'll get a long answer from most broadcasters. That's the, <laughs> that is the crux of the beginning of that moniker. That's media training right there, man. There we go. Now, it's all it's better to have too much than not enough. That's what I always say, because sometimes you ask a question Amen. and it's like you have to pull teeth. You won't get that talking to a broadcaster, at least mo <laughs> not most of them. Most of them, you have to use the edit button pretty liberally. <laughs> You get so that how, with the players, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. sometimes. It depends, <laughs> but sometimes, yes. How uh, how did you get into broadcasting? I know you mentioned that you're you're from Burnsville originally, and then you made it down to Des Moines in college, or? So I got, the, the, I went to school, um, well, long, again, long story. Um, so my, my father was actually in broadcasting for, Still, sort of is, but um, more behind the camera stuff now. But he was a he was a reporter uh, on air anchor for Channel Five News in uh, 
Minneapolis, St. Paul for about yeah. 15 years. And so he worked in sports. And so I was around it my whole life. And according to my mother, I would talk in the back of the car to myself and she would ask me, what are you doing? And I was just learning to talk four or five years old or not learning to talk at that point, but like learning to really start to actually put sentences together and talk like somewhat of a normal human being at that point. And I told her that I was calling a hockey game in my head, apparently. So that's the long journey back to when maybe that seed was planted that I wanted to do hockey games and do broadcasting for hockey and grew up a hockey player in Minnesota, played high school hockey, went into junior hockey, ended up playing college hockey uh, at St. Olaf for two years and then Concordia College for two years in the MIAC. And all along the way, I had been, whether it's with buddies playing NHL video games in the basement and they'd turn the audio down and I would do the game as we'd play together or sometimes I would do that by myself because I always wanted to do it. So it was a long time coming for me, only in the fact that if I wouldn't have played college hockey, I probably would have got into it at an earlier level, say when I was a freshman, sophomore in college, but because I was playing, it really didn't work very analogously with trying to call hockey in college. Um, so yeah, I can I, see how that would be difficult to play yeah. and call the game <laughs> yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so after college, I did whatever I could for a year, lived at home, did lacrosse, did football, did basketball, did whatever hockey I could get my hands on, put a tape together, got a job in the USHL and the rest of it's been stars aligning and, um, God being very good to me because I've been in the right place at the right time a few times in my career and um, I'm blessed to be where I am today and getting to call American Hockey League games on a regular basis. It's been uh, a dream come true, not only to be in the American League, but especially for an organization that I grew up having such a connection to. I was, was at the opening night when Darby Hendrickson scored that first goal. I mean, I'm, I've been, my family's been a season ticket holder my whole life. Um, so for me to be able to wear, you know, to wear this logo is um, is just an incredible, uh, incredible journey so far for me. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Who, who doesn't love like a hometown hero story like that, right? Right. I don't know if I'd call it that yet. I mean, technically I am in Des Moines, but, uh, but no, for sure. It's it, to be with this organization and not only just to be with it, but now to get to see how well it is run. And it, it, it does me a lot of pride to know that the team that I did support growing up and loved growing up, that there's good people on the other side of it too. Um, and to see how it's run and to see that it is a first-class organization. Because um, you never know. I mean, you, as a fan, you never quite know until, yeah. you, until you get behind the logo. Um, so to be behind well, the logo now and to see unless it. Unless you're a Chicago fan, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't to want to go there. To that, <laughs> yeah, man, my goodness. It's been a, a, obviously a very difficult uh, stretch of time here for anybody that has supported been a part of Chicago Blackhawks hockey it's funny my wife is a huge Blackhawks fan oh Uh, no don't come at me for that (laughs) I knew it before we got married Uh, I did Um, but I think she's she's potentially she might be off the bandwagon after what's happened and I think we're going to get her on the green team I was going to say what what uh, better time to hop hop aboard plenty of room room yeah yeah Yeah. space is uh space is going to get limited but there's still plenty of rooms so that must be really cool, especially like you are able to get her on the bandwagon. It must be pretty cool that you guys are, you know, in uh, in in Iowa, in Des Moines. I always call it dust money sarcastically, but I got to clarify yeah. that I do know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> it's got to be cool for for you and and you know as you're recruiting her that you get to see the future of the Minnesota club, you know, coming through those doors every day, right? 
It's incredible. And, and as Joe O'Donnell, my predecessor to this position now with the Minnesota Wild, we would love tell, Joe. Yes, friend uh, of 10K. I, I mean, as as honest of a dude and a broadcaster as you'll meet, um, I owe a lot to him um, and and the mentorship that he's provided me, and obviously the opportunities that that he's afforded me. But as he would tell you. It wasn't always like this with the Iowa Wild, and it's not that he was frowning down or raining on the early seasons of Iowa Wild hockey, but the pipeline and the frequency of cars with Wild players traveling to and from St. Paul to Des Moines on I-35, it wasn't nearly as frequent as it is now. I mean, this is this is the golden age of the Iowa Wild-Minnesota Wild connection. Uh, there is no refuting that. Um, yeah. you, look, you look at, at – anywhere in the current lineup where you see Jewel Erickson Eck, Jordan Greenway, who are lesser alums in the fact that they haven't played as many games as a Nico Sturm or a Brandon Duhame or uh, a Connor Dewar, Kapil Kakinen. Um, but you look at, at, at just the wealth and, the, and the, the players that have been a part of that core right from the hop this year. And then you look at the arrivals of Boldy, who it's funny, like I, People have people as my friends will reach out to me and say, "Is Boldy ready? Is Boldy ready? Is, is Rossi ready? Is Rossi ready?" And um, a, a, as good as Marco Rossi has been, like the small sample sizes of Boldy this year was just like he is far and away ready. Everybody down here knew it, and because we were seeing him in practice, we were seeing him in games. Even when he was coming back from a second injury, when he began the year, got hurt, came back, got hurt again. We're just like. We're really just delaying, or delaying the inevitable here. Once he gets back in, he's going to go two points a game, two points a game, two points a game, and then something's going to happen up there, and he's going to go, and, and we're going to never see him again. And it seems like that is what <laughs> talk is about a prophecy. Yeah, oh, uh, and 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 I, I'm not that smart. That was that was what the <laughs> the entire group thought down here about him. Um, and well, yeah, and then he comes out to the NHL, and he's a point a game player in his first yes. ten games. Not a big yes. deal. He's so, already gotten himself, like, literally catapulted himself into Calder talks. He's seriously, yeah. I think, the sixth voted on the athletic, whatever. I was like, wow, six, ten games played? That's, yeah. Imagine imagine special. if he wouldn't have been injured twice at the beginning of the season. He, I mean, out of camp, there were rumblings. He might have been one of the last roster spots. So I think that opened up for Duhame, and Duhame killed it. Now you got both of them. So it's kind of a well, cool scenario. It is. And they're <laughs> both very out. different players too. Right. I mean, they're like, it, it, it's funny how it works out that way that, yeah, maybe Duhane doesn't get as much of a sniff with, with Boldy getting injured, but now they both made it to where they, you know, they want to be to, which is a cool, a cool tidbit. Yeah. And um, they can't really keep, they can't really justify moving Duhame out of the NHL lineup no, because of no, how he's, he's been playing. He's a, he's a baby Felino. We've said that before. He's, he's, <laughs> That's he's a baby Felino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he, he's found a home. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and he was another guy that I don't, I, I think that if I remember correctly, our hockey op staff, they were not counting on seeing him, even if Boldy was healthy. <laughs> that I, was, I think, that was the thing I kind of remember. That they knew, I think that they had a pretty good idea of what the big club was saying about him coming into the year. Like that one was not a surprise for yeah. the Iowa wild to not see him around. Um, I, I kind of remember at the beginning of the year and like in the off season coming into training camp, everybody was kind of like. You know, obviously, like everybody, you know, Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, you know, these guys are going to be good, everything. And then somebody, it was probably Russo, but I just remember somebody being like, hey, like, keep your eyes out on Brandon Duhame and, and maybe Connor Dewar, too. And we were like, okay, sure. And then <laughs> I don't think anybody, you know, that 
doesn't follow the Iowa team. I don't think anybody knew what to expect from Brandon Duhame. And, you know, I, I, I watch as many AHL games as I can, but it's uh, difficult because of the way that they Mm -hmm. have uh, their broadcast packaging. And let me tell you, Brandon Duhame might be the funniest hockey player I've ever seen. (laughs) He is. Aneurysms uh, are too funny on the bench. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's, he's what you see is what you get. Uh, He doesn't shield any of his emotion. Um, Yeah. But you can say uh, that again. <laughs> he's a he's a complete package player, and I, I think it was, I, if I remember this correctly, when he first came into the league, which would have been a year before I arrived, because this would be year three for him. Last year was year two. His first year, he led the American Hockey League amongst rookies and fighting majors. Uh, I mean, he just <laughs> he, he 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 couldn't find a night where there wasn't a guy that didn't want to fight him, um, and he was up for it. And I remember, I think somebody went into him and said you know, Hey, like we know you can fight and we like that you can fight, but we all like, we need you a little more than what you're giving us right now because you're spending five minutes a night in the box and we want you out to create offense because right. he can do that too. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I remember someone had to have that conversation with him about like, Hey, we don't want you to detract your toughness. We want you to fight. We want you to have that card in your hand, but you have to be a little bit more, selective about when you choose to do it because it was like every night he was like you want it you want it all right like he was just bringing on and, <laughs> he's just and, out there dropping and gloves with anybody two, he did yeah and then in year two he did that like he still fought he still had penalty minutes but it was a little more selective it wasn't just ram randomly at, at any point in the game it was with a purpose it was impactful and he was hurt because last year was just such a strange year for everybody involved. And it was my first year in the American Hockey League as a, in the PR role at the time. But I did get to be around the team and got to be around uh, Brandon and, and to see how he operated. And he definitely took a step in the right direction about monitoring that, being tough, being physical, being nasty when he had to be, but not doing it all the time. And he was hurt, so you didn't get to see the offensive numbers as much as I think we would have seen had he played the full, I think it was 33 games that the Wild played last year. Yeah, something um, like that. But, you know, he scored some beautiful goals when he was in the lineup, um, didn't back down from anybody when he was in the lineup. And then, as is often the case in not every NHLer's career, but in most, you have to, the, the stars have to align. I mean, you have to be in the right place at the right time, and they have to need what you bring for a guy like him to get his shot. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they had the right contracts go away in the off season. He mm-hmm. had the right kind of off season because he is such a pro that guy in the weight room is a specimen in the weight room. I remember asking our strength coach last year when I was coming in, just cause I was curious for some of the broadcast who are the, you know, who are the big gym rats and instantly Brandon Duham right away. He's like, that. Guy I was going to say, are you, are you like going down and throwing some plates with them or. Oh dear. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I steer clear of the weight room while any of them are in there. That would be embarrassing to go in there and do my little shindig that I have in there for 30 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever it is. Right. When I do get in there and do a bunch of body weight stuff. Um, so no, no, I, I've, I've not actually seen him in the gym. I've only heard reports and it is apparently something to behold and it shows cause he'll go toe to toe with anybody and, and stand his ground just fine. Yeah. No, we do need, we do need an ISO cam of Brandon Duhame during the Stanley <laughs> cup playoffs on the bench just to yeah. see this guy's reactions to goals, overtime goals. I mean, to whatever. Yeah, It feels like any time that he does anything. <laughs> right. He's, he's doing something in the background. Goofy. 
Um, so you did come, you came from working on the PR side of things before you were doing broadcasts and, and you are still doing some of the PR stuff, right? I'm actually not. Oh, that's um, exciting. So no, we, so we are one of the unique teams in the American hockey league actually that doesn't have, uh, that, that those positions blended. A lot of times, if you'll, you'll look around the American hockey league, you'll see broadcasting and PR. They're very, yeah. very usual complement to each other. And I don't think that's how it's ever been here because at the beginning it was, it was Joe was here as the head of the communications department, but also the broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And then there was a PR guy with him. Um, and then Joe took over the team services and team travel details. I think it was maybe five or six seasons ago. It was early in his tenure with Iowa, though he had been with the team when they were in Houston. Right. And so buses, planes, any kind of car service to and from Minnesota, hotel rooms, um, setting up travel, coordinating on the road. That's all what he did. And then that became all that I do now um, because that was how it was before. They liked the marriage of it. They liked the fact that having a travel person on the road is really nice because it's not some. it is something you'll see in the NHL. Andrew Height, the travel guy for Minnesota, he's on every road trip for Minnesota, but in the American league, you won't see that as much again, because there's more cost cutting. There's a little bit more of, well, do they really have to be on the road or can they do what they need to do virtually remotely, which a lot of teams do that in the American league. But what's different for me is I actually have a reason to be on the road to call the games. So therefore it works nicely. The fact that I can do that, but at the same time, making sure our buses are where they need to be our tickets are the way they need to be for the plane plus Um, like you know you everybody knows that you're not going to schedule like a crappy hotel just to save a buck (laughs) (laughs) no uh, definitely not um and it also i've said this before um you know there's a team services aspect of it too where just guys will come to me with random stuff throughout the course of a week of a day and um I get a window into the team that I would not get if I was just the radio guy. I don't Mm -hmm. think the guys, because I I do go out and I help them with things. I'll come and I'll help them set up stuff. If it's an apartment issue or I'll make a phone call for them or I'll get them set up with tickets to a local sporting event or a concert. If I can, Um, things like that go a long ways and it allows for me to be a little bit more in tune with the locker room, which to me is just, and it's not that I unfurl if, if I unfurled half of what I knew on a broadcast, they'd probably pull me off the broadcast right away, <laughs> but it's good to know these things because it does help me tell the tale a little bit better. Even if I can't explicitly say so-and-so is out with an ankle injury, but right. if I know these things, or if I know they've been battling something away from the ice, it can help me paint the picture a little bit better without of course, pulling the curtain back too far and getting a phone call from our general manager, Mike Murray saying, why did you say, this on the broadcast which knock on what i haven't done anything like that no and like Um, you know i don't think you would but like you know if you find out that like adam beckman is going through a breakup or something and then he has he has a bad night you know you're probably not going to go and put his personal business on blast but you might not be as harsh and be like well beckman instead of being like well beckman doesn't look like he's trying tonight you might be like oh beckman just doesn't have it tonight yeah that kind of thing sure Sure. It is. It's the nuances of actually really getting an understanding of what's happening in the room and being having and having to be in the know of transactions of things coming up because I have to know where they're, if we're getting a new player, I got to know where he's going. Like, is he going in a hotel? Is he going in a team apartment? Are we moving him in with another guy who's leaving? Who's going to Minnesota? Who's being trained? I mean, 
all these things helped me to be that much more prepared in the broadcast because the, the most of this job as anybody who's done it, Joe will say the same thing. The most of what you do is the travel. It is the team services. You don't get to spend nearly as much time as you'd like to before a game, really yeah. diving into the stats and diving into your homework on the broadcast because you have to take care of the travel side. So it's a unique position. Not that we're the only place that's ever done it, but at least as far as if you look around the league and places that publicly say he is the broadcaster and the travel person, I don't know of any others. I do think there are some teams in our league that do have some guys that, and maybe some gals that'll help out that also sure. do some of the media. Um, but as far as I know, there aren't any that are at least listed as such. It might just be more of something that comes in the position of communications head, but they don't list it as, team services where my role is quite literally listed as director of broadcasting and team services. That's exciting. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I mean, I, I the only, I didn't have any travel experience prior with the exception of just whatever I've done in my own time as a 29 <laughs> year old when I took the position over. So it's a little different when you're yeah. going, planning, <laughs> I, like I had, going to I a buddy's bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a good mentor. Joe set me up in a big way. Um, yeah, I, it, he made the transition very easy um, and has been, a phone call away through the entire process, which has been very nice for me to have somebody that I can bounce things off of. So um, as things come up, it hasn't been as much swimming in the dark as I thought it might be. We talked a little bit about like the traveling and stuff. Like when you're actually like in Des Moines, like what's your like favorite thing to do? What do you love the most about, uh, about Des Moines? Cause I remember when uh, we had Joe come on one of our other podcasts on the network, the, uh, the Minnesota rundown, he was talking about how Des Moines is like a sneaky good place to like, Oh, have a great night out. It It is. I think it's the best kept secret in the Midwest, Des Moines is. Um, it, and I've said this before. If, if I didn't have the dreams and druthers like Joe's doing now to to, to make it to the National Hockey League level, and he, he might have even shared similar sentiment to this because I know he loves Des Moines, I would mm -hmm. have no – I would never want to leave. Um, like – that's about the only thing that that would draw me away from Des Moines is if is if the opportunity to get to the National League level were to were to appear. Yeah, um, because everything about this place is just fantastic. I love the pace of it. Um, there's just enough where you're never bored. So if you <laughs> want to go have a night out, if you want to go down to Court Avenue and rip it up, it's there. There's there's a young um, professionals community in town. You'll see people that will come down for the weekend from. Um, Ames, where Iowa State is, or people might make trips in from Coralville, which is the Iowa City area where the Hawkeyes are. So oh, Iowa City, the yep. world's greatest oxymoron. <laughs> so you'll get that crowd. You'll get the young professionals crowd. If you're like me and you're slowly fading into the distance on your party lifestyle um, <laughs> and you want to be a little bit more on the quiet side, go out to dinner. There's a great, great food scene here. Um, there is a, a restaurant called flying mango barbecue. It, I, I will say that on, on the podcast, it is just phenomenal. That's uh, one it's of great my favorite restaurants I've ever been to. Yeah. Guy Fieri actually did a show there one time. Ooh. Um, so it's got some national acclaim, um, uh, but there's a lot of great joints, Italian food, um, lots of ethnic foods. Um, it's, it's just, it's a great, it's a great place. And it's, and it's, it's like I said, it's busy enough where you're never bored. But it's not too busy where you're like, oh, traffic. Nope, mm -hmm. doesn't exist down here. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a safe community. It's a great place. You can raise a family here. It's it's really got a little bit for whatever you're looking for. I would say it's just it's such a 
it's such a gem. It's such a hidden gem. And as a Minnesotan, um, you know, you look down in Iowa. I, I mean, I, I'm not, you, you're not going to sugarcoat it. I think you grew up looking down in Iowa, like what's going on down there. And then <laughs> I, I came down here for the first time. I was just blown away by the people and the community and the different things you can get up to on a weekend. It's just, it's a great place. I love it. It's not the first time I've uh, heard that actually. <laughs> I've got buddies who said Des Moines yeah. is a pretty, pretty fun place to go down and spend a weekend at. And I was like, what? Okay, sure. And hearing that sounds like it actually. So it's good info to have. I say maybe we need to do a scouting trip. Uh, right. That's what, kind of what I was thinking actually. You guys let me know. Bender. I can get press passes with your name on them at the drop of a hat. You guys let me know if you want to come down and do a talk show to at a game. Jen. Hey, yeah. I'll, I was going to say, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, would you. It, I, I live in Charlotte, and Zuj already knows where this is going, I yeah. think. But uh, I live in Charlotte, so it's it's not as easy for me as just driving down 35. Um, but I absolutely would love if if the Iowa Wild and the Charlotte Checkers are playing each other in the Calder Cup final. Oh. Is that offer for a press pass still on the table? Because I will definitely <laughs> take you up on that. Offer's always available. You guys, all you got to do is let me know dates, and the offer's on the table. Well, perfect. So I, I definitely think this. we could take advantage of that, too. We definitely have been wanting to get down there and watch the Iowa Wild. There's, I mean, we were just ranked what the third prospect pool right now. Yeah, the good names has, to watch down there. So the Athletic has us uh, as the third best uh, prospect pool. I think it was Scott Wheeler, and then uh, and then we're second in the uh, or third in the West right now. So like the Wild are in a really good spot to be in right now. I don't think we've ever mentioned that on the podcast. No, no. how good of a no. spot the Wild are in right now, <laughs> and it's well earned. Um, I, I, and it's, it's more than the people that you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rossi's leading the team in scoring 34 points. And I think it's 32 games, something along. I mean, so he yeah, is he's he's like a brilliant over a point per game. Yeah. He's, he's a maestro with the puck. He can facilitate. The one thing I didn't know about him, his one timer. Oh, he has a lethal one timer on the power play. He sits at the top of the right circle. He's put two of them just right under the elbow, top right crossbar, like one timer back bar. I mean, just like you can't draw it up better than that. And it's Ooh. hard. And so I like no reverse idea. Ovi's office? A little bit. Um, he's and I mean passing is what his is is his yeah. best. But he also is tied to the team leading goals right now. So I mean he's not he's not as much um, jaded to the passing side as I thought he was. But it's more than him. It's more than when Boldy was here. It's more than when Dewar was here. It's more than Kalen Addison. I mean, those are kind of the big four names that coming into the year you were looking at prospect-wise. Mm-hmm. Adam Beckman's in there too. Yeah. I know, and, and I remember watching him last year and thinking like, wow, this kid's got some jump. And he only played really a before and after season with us. He went back to junior in the WHL in Spokane because he had to finish his final year there. And he tore it up. Yeah, he scored all along the way. He scored when he was with us to start the year. Had an overtime winner in like his third game. He beat Rockford at home. Um, then he went back, continued scoring, came back, scored again to end the end of last season. And I think he's fourth right now on our club in scoring, uh, like 22 points and maybe a little north of that in games. Um, so, I mean, he's he's a talent. But, I mean, we saw just this week a guy who I'm not sure many people in Minnesota knew much at all about, Mitchell Chafee, he gets a call up. Um, I mean, and, and so well-deserved. He had a natural hat trick last weekend. He scored again the other night, um, against Rockford, um, undrafted out of UMass, all American out there, power forward, big frame, turns his shoulder to the net and says, I dare you to stop me. 
uh, great wheels, good head on his shoulders, big shot. He's a guy that I don't think a lot of the more let's let's call them lukewarm wild fans that that pay a little attention to Iowa. You guys probably know the name, but those who don't pay as much attention wouldn't know that name. Yeah. But he's got a legitimate shot to play the National Hockey League. I've been saying this for a few weeks now since he's come back because this team was struggling in January. They had a lot of players up in Minnesota. They had a lot of players hurt. There was COVID. So you ever, at any given night, you were probably missing one of your starters. And he was out due to injury. And when he's in the lineup, I think the team's 12 and 6 this year. Holy so moly. He's a driving force for the team. And he's a, kind of a quiet driving force for those who don't really pay it super keen attention to what the prospect pool looks like. Mason Shaw is going to be an, an everyday NHLer someday. I still yeah. stand by that because whether it's Minnesota and I hope it is, or if it's some other team, someone's going to say we have room for someone who wants to work this hard and play yeah. the game as honestly as he does. And he'll score every now and then at the national hockey level, I think too. So you yeah. think of Mason Shaw. Um, I think Joe Hicketts can be a, could be a depth defenseman in the national hockey league. Again, I don't know if we'll see him in Minnesota, um, but he's had NHL games behind him in his past. Um, the size is obviously a factor with Joe because he is five foot nine, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but he has some NHL attributes to his game. Um, I, I think about some of the other players that we have. There's a, a bunch of great veterans, but there's a good prospect pool that is deeper than the guys that probably were even on that list i think too i and i haven't got to read scott wheeler's article yet but uh, i mean he does list pretty much the whole roster does he of, yeah of, uh guys that are either on or eligible for two-way two-way deals mm-hmm. um i think they have to be under a certain age like kyle rouse i'm not sure on yeah kyle rouse not on it but like you know i don't really think you consider him a prospect at this point probably either. not um that was our playoff games too so it's it's a great it's a great group of guys that it's run very well bill garen i know keeps very very heavy tabs on it and his fingerprints are all over the way that we run things down here which which is cool because you can clearly see it's not just the ugly stepchild down in uh (laughs) you know in iowa it is this is a team that we care about we want to build the culture there we want the players when they go from Wells Fargo Arena here in Des Moines to the Exoundry Center in St. Paul. The only thing that changes is the way the game feels. They want the, they want the culture and everything to feel the same. That's awesome. Um, it is. It is. And it's not always how it is. Um, it, it's not that no. other teams not, – it's not that other teams don't value what the American Hockey League does, but not all teams invest the way that the Minnesota Wild do in their American League affiliates. Like, it really is – a first class run organization here. And, you know, this is a place that especially, and I know because I'm doing the travel stuff and when we have to do something for somebody, there's never a question of like, well, I'm not sitting here weighing, weighing costs by the nickel. It's like, is this the best thing for this player? Yes. Do it. I mean that to, to have that kind of operation and that kind of support from your big club is everything. Um, and, and I think it's, it's one of the reasons why you're seeing, the number of Iowa wild alums in the Minnesota wild lineup that are playing the roles they are because it's a first class run organization from top down to here. And I think even some of that trickles over to our ECHL team as well, which isn't again, a Minnesota wild, it's not a Minnesota sports entertainment affiliate group, but just because they're owned separately, they're still one of our affiliates. So Bill Bill went down for their, you know, for their opening, their opening um, um, 
press conference and he was there. Oh yeah. I remember pre- that. Yeah. When the, the Heartlanders because, did their debut yep, thing. Yep. Because again, like that's, that's how he operates. He has his fingerprints on places and he wants it to feel as much as you can the same at every level you're at in this organization. And it's certainly, at least for, for our level, I can't completely speak on the Heartlanders because I'm not down there obviously, but for the, for the Iowa wild, uh, it, it's, it's as, as top notch as, as, as I think you can get to. And, now you could say, well, Ben, you've only been in the American Hockey League for a year, so what do you know? <laughs> but um, for what it's worth, for, for whatever my opinion's worth, uh, top-notch run place, that's for sure. Well, I think that's got to be, you know, why this wild team kind of turned it around. Everyone kind of expected this to be a two- or three-year rebuild with them when they, you know, got rid of all these players, Coyle, Granlund, you know, Nino, um, and all of a sudden they're, you know, second in the Western Conference if they win tonight. And it happened in literally a year. If you want to call missing the playoffs in that weird year, but they ended up making it because they're the 11th <laughs> yeah. seed. So, I mean, uh, it, it's just weird watching how this turned around so fast. And I think what much of what you're saying has a big part of why it's changed so fast. It's a lot well, of these retools and rebuilds. It, it doesn't happen this fast. I mean, look at Ottawa, look at Detroit. Duh. Yeah. Buffalo, all these teams, which probably were in worse situations than the wild were. But it's also been, what, five, six years now for most of these teams since they've been even competitive at all. So it's just impressive. And I'm glad to hear Bill Guerin's putting his fingerprints all over it. It is. what you need your GM to do. And I think, too, to your point, Zooch, I I think when I look at all the clubs that are getting any kind of praise nationally right now, you talk about Colorado, it's, it's the speed and the depth and their back end and you talk about Florida, it's their offense. Whenever anybody talks about Minnesota, they talk about the way that that team plays. It's about how they play. And to me, I think what's going to serve you best in the playoffs, it's playing your brand of hockey, no matter what kind of game you're in. If the offense isn't there, can Florida shut it down? I mean, probably. Bobrovsky's had a great year, and Spencer um, Knight's no, uh, no, either. no doubt, no doubt. But I, I, I'm saying it because I like that the Wilds' calling card right now is that they're getting production from all over their lineup. That they have players playing the right roles. That they have players. To me, it seems like it's that perfect storm of Bill Guerin and Dean Evason and their staff. There, they're getting the most out of each player. And but what that means is it doesn't mean that Brandon Duhame is going to run the half wall and score 20 power play goals, but it means that they're getting with his skill set and his ability as of a 23 year old or whatever he is, they're getting the most out of him. They're getting the most seemingly right now out of Kirill Kaprizov. They're getting the most out of Cam Talbot having the best year of his career. They're getting the most out of all these different players playing, whether it's seven minutes a night, 17 minutes a night or 27 minutes a night. And if that's your calling card, that's going to give you the opportunity to win almost any style of game you have to play. You have to win in a playoff series. Um, and it's not saying that they're going to go all the way. But I just to me, I, when I hear national news talk about it, when I listen to I'm a huge fan of 32 Thoughts, Jeff yeah. Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Yes. You know, they all, whenever they talk about Minnesota, which is more than they've ever talked about them, that's the thing that seems to keep coming up. Um, and. With the people that I've talked to, I had a chance to interview Bill Guerin on our broadcast when he came down about a month and a half ago. And um, I've had a chance to chat with with Darby Hendrickson, Brett McLean, 
um, assistant coaches there. I mean, every time I ask them, I say, tell me something that people in the media that people don't know. Like, what is what is it about this club? That, I mean, we see Kaprizov, we see Talbot having great games, we see Jonas Brodin's growth and, and the tremendous season he's having and seasons he's had recently. What are what don't we see? And every one of them says it's what's going on in the room. Brett McLean was, you know, saying there was a shootout win earlier in the year, early, like 12, 15 games in. And I forget which game it was, but I mean, they won and they like the team went nuts. It was just there's something going on in there between i think that was the winnipeg game it might have been and that game was obviously a crazy game but yeah it's just there's they're having fun and dean's really good about giving them days off so they're not frying out um it's they they have they have everything seemingly going in the right direction right now from a climate and to me that that is just such a positive thing to have about your club and it seems to be so obvious to everybody that's in that room when you ask them because they all had the exact same answer for me and i don't know if they just meet and talk about that as the company line whenever somebody <laughs> asks that. i like to i like to think it was a good question like tell me something we don't know um but i just I, I to me that's that's something that you can't trade for you can't sign it you either have it and you and you you create it or you don't and it seems like they have and that brother to brother mentality the team is putting forth is only going to make them a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I would, I would argue the same for our organization in, in Iowa. It, it Minnesota might wind up landing a little higher in the division than we do only because while we were on an eight game losing skid in, in October, uh, sorry, December into January, the two teams above us right now, Chicago won 12 in a row and Manitoba won eight of 10. So, I mean, they just, they launched ahead of us. Yeah. It, that's, it, it, it might be a tough road to hoe, but my prediction for this for this Iowa Wild team is I still think in that we're and at the beginning of the season people were going Calder maybe. Now no more boldy, no more doer. People have maybe lessened their opinion a little bit, but my guess is this team's gonna come in in third, maybe fourth if they don't really run the table at the end of the year. But no matter where they end, I think in the West they're going to be the team that everyone's going like, mm, like I'd almost rather deal with somebody else in the first round than them. I don't want to play them in the first round. Ooh, the, the famous tough out. You always hear it. I in the, think uh... they're going to be that. And it's interesting because I think one of the other really tough outs that isn't in a top spot right now is Colorado. We played them in, a, in a, an incredible series. Actually, the series was incredible in Des Moines too. We played them in December. Shootout overtime. And then we played them again in January in Colorado, uh, both one goal games, one ended in the final five seconds. It was just a war and Colorado, cause our head coach and their head coach, they coached against each other in college. They both said to each other, that was the smallest the ice has felt for us in a long time. Players were saying that coaches were saying that. And if that, if that's what your MO is going into the playoffs, that there's no room good luck. I mean, that's yeah. that like good luck being an opponent of that team. So when playoff hockey team, already gets yes, super tight. Yes. It gets tight. No matter if you can defend or not, it gets tight. So if, if that's your MO going into the playoffs and you have still players like Kyle Rowell that can play in the playoffs, Mason Shaw that can play in the playoffs, Marco Rossi, who seemingly is never going to slow down as long as he's here. And if you're Life's healthy, like a bull, man. Yeah. Look out. 
look out. Yeah, it's it's a fun group. That's for who, sure. And, and I, I think the sky's the limit on both sides. I love I love to hear that. Um, who's who would you say is like the big like character? Obviously, there's only one Brandon Duhame, but like who's on the roster right now that you're oh. like, oh, watch out for that guy. That guy's gonna be a good quote. That guy's an absolute beauty. Like who's the guy that Man. you would like want to go and have like a beer with or something? Uh, there's there's a lot more than one. Love uh, to hear that. List them all. Let's go. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a group. Um, I mean, there are there are some complete cards, and it's such like they get along so well. It, it's 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 a team that when like when they're together, if they're doing something as a team, they're all there. It's not well. This group goes here, and then there's the veteran group goes over here, and McLeod's going to take his veterans and they're going to go like they all go to the same place they all make sure that everybody else is included if someone's not there they you know you're seeing it like you're i get to be lucky i'm in a text group with these guys because i'm the one who facilitates itineraries for the given day so they like when when, if they're doing a team thing i'm seeing it and so i've seen it where they're like where's this guy why is he not here i mean like they are so inclusive of everybody on the team and that's such a healthy thing to have because the minute you have separation and rifts in the playoffs, that comes out immediately, and you see, yeah. I mean, you see it. It happens. Um, but to answer your question, the first guy that comes to mind is Joe Hicketts. Um, he is a fascinating human being. Also happens to be my Euchre partner. Um, oh. So, um, yeah. Let's, it, I w- no, I want to hear more. Are there, like, Iowa Wild Euchre, like, matchups? <laughs> like, are we, like, sitting down and throwing down? My my wife's family loves Euchre. It is a cutthroat, terrifying thing to participate in. So, it's intense. Yeah, outside of my wife's family, you're the first person I've ever heard be like, yeah, I'm playing Euchre on the side. Yeah, is your wife from Michigan? No, she's from New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey, okay. Because I because I learned it in Michigan when I was playing junior, and I know it's a big Michigan game because the other guy that we play against a lot is Mitchell Chafee, who's from uh, just outside of Grand Rapids in Michigan. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, um, Joe Hicketts is is a fascinating guy. He is um, full of one liners. He's missing his first two front teeth. Um, you know, he's five, eight, so he's small to begin with. So he already takes a lot of grief for that from the guys and just stands <laughs> right up to it. Um, you know, the guys call him jumbo, um, which is just you know, like jumbo Joe. I mean, it's just, it's, it's great. And he's, he's a complete, he's a complete predictor of who your voice is in the room. Um, Cody McLeod is, is an incredible human being. What a leader, um, what a professional, um, he's just full of stories and full of great tidbits and totally gets along with guys that are literally, you know, 15 years younger than him. He gets along with them so well. He can somehow relate to the rookies. Um, Joseph Cramarosa is another fascinating guy. Vodka um, cranberry, baby. He's super, he's super curious. Like he's, he's a bright guy and he's, he's always trying to learn something. And so it also comes in for fun for me because, he's one of the guys that whenever I say something in the itinerary, he always has a question about it because he's wondering like, well, maybe we could do it this way or like trying to get me to shift something around on the itinerary. Is he trying uh, to be like a little shysty with it or is he just no, like, no, 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 no. And he's like, well, he's like, well, what about what have you ever thought about trying this? Sometimes I'm like, you know, that's actually a great idea. We'll do it next time. Like he's, he's just, he's really curious. He's really cerebral. And I find it really interesting because, because it's, he's not doing it. Like you say, he's not doing it to be, be frustrating or like to like annoy me oh sorry no no no. i meant more like hey if we do it this way we can like you know hit the bars or something oh no 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 no. no. it's it's uh, it's literally it's it's usually just about like what he thinks might be 
I don't know, like a, a simpler day on the road, or maybe it would it would be a a, a, a better meal itinerary for like just things like that. Where he'll just okay. be like, "Why didn't we eat it this time?" Or like, like a logistics they're, they're, thing. Yeah, it's, he's very logistical. Um, so it, he's an interesting guy. Uh, let's see, who am I forgetting here? Um, uh, Andrew Hammond is awesome. Uh, just a, such a like the Hamburglar. I mean, just yeah. such a pro. Like he's and he's the quiet, sneaky, funny guy too. Like he doesn't say a lot. But when he does, it's it's very tongue in cheek, and it's like he can carve guys up with it. Like it's Is really he the guy. He's, he's the guy sharp. that says like three words a night, but all three words are just devastating. Uh, probably more <laughs> than that, but uh, but not as many. Certainly not as many as Joe Hicketts will say at a given night. Um, <laughs> Adam Beckman, who's Joe Hicketts' roommate, is another huge huge card on the team. He's kind of like a puppy. Like he just he loves hockey. He loves being there. He's <laughs> always smiling. He's always laughing. He's like, did you see that? I mean, he's just. He's, You're the second he, person to compare him to a puppy. Literally. He, like, yeah. he just loves hockey and he's always happy and he's always in a good mood. Um, so yeah, he's, he's <laughs> a great character. Um, it's yeah. And, and, and again, like there's, there's a long list of them and I'm not, I'm not coming up, come up coming up with them off the top of my head as well as I should. Um, hey, but you just, you just dropped like five dudes. I yeah. Don't know. I'd say and, that's and pretty it's, good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, there's, there are so many different persons as there are on every team but there are just so many fascinating personalities on this club um, that every day is new. And every day there's another funny conversation that comes up with a guy and that you don't even know you're going to have because you think it might be this guy. And then it's this guy today. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a wonderful group and they get along very well. Uh, and uh, they certainly have some fun with me at my expense too. And it's uh, I, and I enjoy that as someone who grew up in the, in the locker room and, had yeah. given out, I've given out my fair share of, of uh, grief in my time to, to people that I've been on a team with um, to get to get that ribbing again. I was gonna say, are fun you still, for me. So yeah. you, they, they're like chirping you and everything. Oh, 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 yeah. I know that uh, you've been very pre- you, we you have been very gracious with your time, and we very much appreciate it. And uh, I I know that you've got plenty of other things that you could have done on a random Tuesday night in February, and you chose to spend you know, 45 minutes of that with us is <laughs> terrific. And I really appreciate it. Our last question before we let you go, is the same question we ask every guest right before they take off. Ben, Benny G. What is your wild take? <laughs> hmm. I was trying to think, cause you guys kind of set the stage at the front. Like he could do it wild related. Or he could not do it wild related. Um, the floor is yours, my brother. Oh, here's, here's my, here's my wild take. Here's my wild take. Um, I can, I am like, it's funny. Like I'm in the media business and you know, I, you, you see people that do it so well, they build their brand on social media. Right. And I mean, I do it on Twitter, but my hot take and my wild take is I abhor social media. I do not like it. I can't stand it. I don't like being on it. I don't like being around it. Sometimes my phone, I just want to take it and just huck it into oblivion. Like I just, I want to be like on a lake, no phone, fishing. No one knows where I am. Just by myself. Like I just, I just want to. I want to be able to unplug. That's my wild take. Like no social media, <laughs> unplug from the world. Just unplug. Voice of Betty G. There so whenever, so whenever you see the uh, those like memes going around, it's like here's this isolated uh, house in the woods, and if you stay here for oh. a year without logging onto Twitter, you get fifty grand. You're like, yeah, sign me up. He's like free me. money. You don't have, have to pay me. You have to pay me. No, it's funny. Just, like, I was listening to Spitting Chicklets, and they were saying like they ran some um, some uh, hypothetical about um, 
what was it cheat i think they did cheeto fingers or you you can't send a text the rest of your life uh if you if you make the free throw you get 50 or five hundred thousand dollars, and if you miss it you can never send it. another text in your life that was it i would purposely miss the free throw <laughs> <laughs> call me if you want to talk to me call me beat me if you want to reach me Actually, is that that's what you're even a better wild take that's a better wild take phone calls are way better than texts there Ooh, you go that is a wild take yeah, yeah, a there wild you go take. yeah we're all for developing the take here. That's what uh, that's what the main is. that's what our game is. We get there eventually. It's I mean that's yep. what that's what Iowa's for, right? Is you drafting you develop. There we go. <laughs> there we go. No, but seriously, guys, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I I do see your guys' work because again, I am on Twitter. So it's, it's the one social media I have: no Snapchat, no Instagram. I deleted my Facebook. I'm off the grid minus Twitter because there are some things on Twitter that I like, and that includes your guys' work. So uh, keep up the good work, guys. And uh, like I said, the offer is 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 out there in perpetuity for you to uh, to make your way to a wild game here in Des Moines, and we'll get some press passes for you and show you guys uh, show you guys around, show you a good time if and when that time comes. Awesome. Thank you, Benny G. Go uh, follow him on the Twitter machine at <laughs> Voice of Benny G. Uh, Cause there's nothing that he would love more. <laughs> flood him. Flood him I do uh, tweet. I do tweet. I, I really do. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. Your tweet. last tweet yeah. was uh, three days ago. There you go. There you go. Which, which again, by like social media standards, be like, what are you doing? Killing you it. You need to be get in front of your fans. And I'm like, no, I got days off. I almost did tweet a picture of me fishing the other day. And then I was like, nope, not doing it. Not, I'm worth, out. It. not worth it. Not worth it. Oh man. Well, thanks for hopping on, man. Good luck to uh, you the rest of the season. We'll have to get you back on and, uh, and catch up at another time. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to hit you up on uh, the next time that we're in Des Moines. So uh, much, yes. much appreciated on that front. Good stuff, guys. Thanks a ton. Cheers, Benny. Have a good one. What's up, Minnesota fans? Have you ever wanted to upgrade your wardrobe? Well, do I got a spot for you to do that at? SodaStick.com. SodaStick is the premier place to get any and all Minnesota sports merchandise. It is incredible. All of the clothing is fantastic. It looks cool. It is soft as hell. It is terrific. And they partner with everybody in the state. You got hats, hoodies, t-shirts, anything you can think of. They even have artwork now. It is fantastic. And right now, you can go on there and you can buy your very own 10K hoodie for a very nice price of $69. SodaStick.com, premier website to get Minnesota sports-related merchandising, as well as 10K merchandise now. The sweatshirt is awesome. And don't forget to use promo code 10K to get free shipping. Big giant thanks to Ben, Benny G, Ben Gislason. Benny G, the man, the myth, the beauty. Oh my God, what a guy! Uh, great to meet him, and and now we have a you know a place to stay in Des Moines that uh, he hasn't agreed to, but you know we're gonna probably uh, he'll he'll be able to help us find a place to stay at least. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like the sounds like a fun time down there too. So yeah, maybe the Wild Takes team will have to take a take a little trip down thirty five, go check out the Iowa Wild. I think we do. Yeah. Do a little scouting trip, man. It's going to be a great time. And uh, yeah, FaceTime me in or something. It's going to be yeah awesome. We'd love to see it. And there's going to be a lot of really good, exciting wild uh, Iowa wild hockey coming down the stretch. The big club too. They're going to have a lot of fun coming down this, uh, this last couple, uh, last couple of months here. We Saturday begins 40 games in 40 days. Right. And that is going to be, insane 
or 40 games in 80 days. Sorry, not 40. Yeah, we're not playing every night for a month and a half. Uh, but 40, 40 games, 80 days, crazy. And it starts Saturday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I'm excited. Well, uh, this is good. This No, this is, this is good, though, because tonight is kind of like a tease, much like the Jets teams of the past three years have been in the playoffs, kind of like a tease for you might win a – might win a series and then yeah. uh, they'll falter out and then get eliminated. So um, it's good that this starts tonight, but it, a four day break and then it starts our 40 day. Yeah. It's kind of like a tease. It gets you ready. It's like, Oh, wild they're back. But now we got to wait like, four more sleeps until we see them play again. Yeah. The good news is that uh, this Carolina team, very, very good. Um, they're playing really well right now. They're pretty healthy as far as I'm aware of. I, I don't, I'm not aware of any major injuries to the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes. They haven't had any locker room uh, fights yet with Tony D'Angelo. Tony, so that's Tony D has apparently like figured out his act and, and yeah. matured. Good, good for him. Yeah, I he's guess. a good, we always knew he was a good player. I mean, yeah. he, it's, no, yeah. I wasn't he's, denying he was a good player. He's a really good player. And it turns out when he's not being an asshole, he's, uh, he's not starting fights with the backup goalie and he's not, yeah, he's not punching his teammates in the room yeah. or on the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It turns out when you're not an asshole and you play well, people like you. Yeah. Crazy. Good, to for, think good about. for Tony D. You know what that is? You <laughs> know what that is? Together. Growth. Growth. We love growth. That's what we're all about here is growth, guys. So let's, um, yeah, I mean, leading into Saturday night, what uh, what are your thoughts on the Hurricanes, how the wild matchup, um, and what uh, what are you looking for uh, from the team? Because, I mean, listen, no disrespect to any of the teams that we played in January, because we did play a couple of good teams. You know, we obviously we played the Avs, and we took them to uh, overtime. We played a very good Rangers team. Um you know, we played a good Blues team. We, you know, we, we went eight one and one in January. We we undefeated in February so far. And, you know, we haven't, it's not like we've only been playing like the Coyotes and the Habs, although we have played the Habs, but like my point being, we're playing well against good teams as well. And Carolina is a good team. So what, what are you, what are you looking for, uh, you know, for, to get like a positive grade on what the wild are doing? Uh, Well, to start, I'm just, just going to put it out there that I'm excited to see our sweet boy Nino. Back in the X, even though it's in a different sweater. Nino gave us some very good memories in a wild sweater. Um, including it was his game birthday seven. the other day. It yeah, was his birthday the other day. So I just you know? yeah. there you go. Happy birthday, Nino. Yeah. We do miss Nino here. That was the one trade I think Paul Fenton made that's hasn't really worked out to our favor. Um no. I mean, and, and that's not shitting on Victor Rask, even though everyone does. I, th- I just think Nino is a much better player. So how, that's just – and he was yeah. a fan favorite here, really. The trade really just doesn't make sense when you looked at it from when it happened to now. So Nope. I mean, I what mean, I'm I looking guess... forward to, I guess, other than Nino coming, is really seeing this Canes team because I did not have high hopes for them. I thought they got worse. I thought they added a Maple Leafs goalie that was not going to pan out, but apparently you leave the Maple Leafs. He's been playing great. The thing is, too, is Jack Campbell's been playing great in Toronto, too. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, he's he's playing playing good for now, Dev. Wait till Toronto gets into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch the meltdown again. (laughs) I saw an incredible incredible meme that I actually can't explain uh, on the podcast. so everybody is familiar with the the way that Money Puck comes out and they do their uh, 
like rankings based off of like how good the team is and like what their strength of schedule is and everything. And right, right now, according to Money Puck, the Minnesota Wild are actually the Stanley Cup favorite with like 12.2% chance to win the Stanley Cup. Oh yeah, keep going, baby. <laughs> um but uh, somebody at Money Puck was having a good laugh and they uh, they showed out the whole board and it was basically like all of the teams um, that are in like playoff positions right now. Um, it's like, you know, 99.8% chance that they make it to the first round. And it, it was like teams like Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, the Rangers, the Leafs, uh, Carolina, Florida. I'm sure I'm missing a couple. And then every single one of those teams, their chance to make it to the second round was like above 60% because, you know, they're going to, they're going to be the higher seed, blah, blah, blah. It was right. like, you know, uh, I think like Vegas had a really high one because the Pacific is garbage. So it was like, you know, whatever. Um, More on that later. Yeah. We'll touch on My that. Wild a take. But, so. uh, but the funniest one though, was the new, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs were, uh, like 99.7% chance to make the playoffs. Cause like mathematically they still can be eliminated, but uh, right. that's not going to happen. Uh, and then 2.6% chance to make it to the second round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny actually, because it, in reality, hundred percent truth. Yeah. They, they don't make it past the first round people until I see it. I won't believe it. It's kind of like a Minnesota team winning a title till I see it. I won't believe it. Yeah, exactly. Even though my wild take last week is we'll win two in the next five years. And I firmly <laughs> believe it. <laughs> Until you see it. Until I see it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so well, anyway. We talked about, I mean, Carolina, obviously great team. High-flying offense, it sounds like. Good goaltending. I'm really, really excited to see the two R2 Russians go at it. I think Kaprizov mm-hmm. versus Svechnikov is going to be super fun. Um, and I have, that's going to actually be part of my wild take is in a little bit. So, <laughs> and now on to, uh, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, we got, um, got a home game against the Red Wings and up and coming team. I'd say yeah, the Red Wings are not, good, they're not out they're of not... the playoff race yet. And no. I, let's, let's be, let's be real with that. I believe they're the only team that's within eight points. I'll fact check that. Well, Dev, uh, covers yeah. this. <laughs> covers for me. They're not, I mean, they're not good but they're definitely not bad um they got a lot of young players i believe they're a very young team they are they're incredibly young uh i don't know off the top of my head you know what their average age is or anything like that but they're a team that stevie y has really turned around he has traded a bunch of assets or he's traded for a bunch of assets and he has turned those assets into exciting players uh most cedar is awesome um dylan larkin really really good uh, uh, the other kid, there's another rookie that they have. That's just awesome. Um, I'm totally blanking on his, uh, his name, Raymond. Yeah. Lucas, Lucas Raymond. Raymond. Oh, Lucas yeah, Raymond is a stud in the making. You could even, honestly, you could even say he's a stud right now. Um, I, nobody is thinking that the, uh, the Red Wings are going to win a cup, you know, next this year, probably not next year, probably not the year after that, but the Red Wings are a good hockey team. And yeah, they're, they're only nine points out of a playoff spot right now. Although Boston has four games in hand, so that probably. Won't <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I don't like think we, I, is, we we talked about this last week, Dev. This league is very spread out, and I believe I sent you a tweet. There's like, what was it? Eight teams that are above sixty points, yeah, and then there's like ten teams that are below forty-five are, points for the so. first time in a long. Oh shit. For the first time in a long, long time, 
there are very few like middle ground teams. Like yeah. I can't remember the last time that there have been this many bad teams and this many good teams and this few like I don't know what to think teams. Right. Detroit is one of those teams that they could be on, they could be off. You know, um, they're a good team when they're on, but they're young, they're inexperienced, they're uh, inconsistent. But they are a good team, so we can't take them lightly. I actually am a little bit worried about that one because it could potentially be a trap game. Yeah, I, it easily could be a trap game. The 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 Red Wings. They're a team that they're young, they're hungry. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's the goaltender over there. I don't. I'm not that. That's the Alex Nedeljkovic. Oh, that is right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So goaltending is definitely not a weak point in the Red Wings. I don't think. No, obviously. he's I'm been speaking playing without well watching year. absolutely zero Red Wing games this year. He's been, not he's been playing well this year. Uh, so, I don't have here. I'll pull up his. Uh... Yeah, you pull him up while I. Give my spiel. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Red Wings, young team, hungry team, 46 points right now, good enough for right in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. But like I said, not probably going to sniff the playoffs this year. Maybe Mm -hmm. next year. Maybe. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how the Wild come out here because this is another team. We've been beating teams we should beat, and this is another team they should beat. So, I mean, I guess we'll just – we'll have to – wait and see, but I, I feel like it'll be a much better game than people are anticipating. Maybe the, no, seeing the Red Wings on the schedule. I do want to do a quick little, cause I, ch- I changed my wild take on the fly, like much other um, wild takes I've given. So sure. I want to mention something about the Pacific division that I find interesting. I honest, I, I really, 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 really could see the LA Kings making a run at that Pacific top spot. And I, I said okay. that before the season. You did, I believe. I did say that before. You the didn't season. say. I don't know if you said the top spot. But but I think you top, said, said they're going to be. A you lot said top better. three. Yeah, I mean, Dano. You got yeah. Arvid. I mean, they got some names over there, and it they're looks solid. like Highfield is their boldy. They they plug him in, and all of a sudden he's scoring goals. He's looking good out there. Um, yeah, in, in Vegas, I don't know if you saw the news. This is also why I wanted to touch on this. Uh, they are four and a half million over the cap uh, hurdle yeah. to get uh, Jack Eichel to play. So it's going to have to offload somebody. Jack Eichel is uh, is going to be there, and they're going to have to get rid of some pretty. I'm not going to say a marquee name, but a name that's going to hurt them in the long run if he's gone. Like four I mean, and a half mil clear... isn't just a, a flash in the pan player, you know. Four yeah, and a half mil is a big player. You're going to have to clear either a player. Like Victor Rask makes four million, so either you have to move okay, well. Victor Rask and an ELC level, you know, type contract without retaining any money, which like that's not going to happen, right. uh, or you know you have to do something and move, you know, a bigger player. I'm pulling up the uh, the Vegas cap friendly page right now, and I mean you look at, you know, you look at the cap hit and players above the. Like Riley Smith, I think is is probably your guy that gets moved uh, for for Eichel coming back because he's at five million. He's a pending UFA. He's thirty years old, and you know he he has a letter. But Vegas is ruthless. They don't give a shit about who you are. It's all about what can you do for me. And I mean, look at John Merrill, fan favorite. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, fuck, look at Mark Andre Fleury, actual yeah. fan favorite. Yeah, I mean, right. not to say not to dismiss Merrill, but like right. Fleury was the face of the franchise, and they yep. said see ya after he won a fucking Vezina. And got so, him to the like the semifinals, makes one bad play. Yeah. So, you know, I look at I mean he Riley Smith seems like the obvious candidate here. Will they probably try and figure something out and try and trade like Evgeny Dadanov? Yeah, probably. He's he's uh but he's got a modified no trade, so who knows if they even can. Um uh, I don't see them moving Shea Theodore. I I don't see them moving multiple players. Hey, and they already lost Tuck. And yeah. that was that was a solid player for them in that playoff run. Solid last player year. and a great on a great contract too. God, I, should the Wild tank? Try to get a, <laughs> a wild card spot over there in the Pacific. Man, yeah, no, it'd be super fun. Yeah, because um, no, it just kind of ruins any chance at a Colorado and Minnesota conference final. Which I think personally, I think I, obviously this is my thoughts. This isn't what the people are thinking. I think that's probably what the NHL wants right now in the Western Conference is two teams. I wouldn't say bitter rivals. You know, we've had we have a rivalry, of course. But something to jumpstart a bit of a bitter rivalry because yeah. I think a conference final between these two they they faced off in the playoffs but it's always been a round one <laughs> it's always been round one and then it'll be like four years before they play each other again in the playoffs right and, but I don't know man I have I I, I, I I just wish that'll that's a conference final and I think a lot of other people will too yeah that'd be a super fun one yeah. uh, I have I have one little thing that I'm gonna hate myself for dangling it out there because. It probably could happen, but um, originally, back in late November, we were told Jack Eichel, uh, with his new fancy surgery, the artificial disc replacement, we were told about six weeks to get to 100%. Right. And about six weeks pass, and that was about a week and a half ago from now, and Peter DeBoer comes out and says, I don't know where, you know, we thought maybe six weeks, but Jack is clearly not ready. He's going to be out for a little while longer. That doesn't sound good. Hear hear me out. Hear me out. What if they're just kicking the can down the road for Jack Eichel until the playoffs start? And then, much like Nikita Kucherov the year before him, Jack Eichel mysteriously is 100% healthy as soon as the salary cap goes away. Well, I mean, it's obviously what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at everything right now, and outside of moving Riley Smith or Evgeny Dadanov, I, I don't see how they can get Eichel to play during the regular season. So, like, that changes the landscape a little bit of the Western Conference playoffs because at yeah. that point, you got a fully healthy Vegas Golden Knights team. Yeah, I don't think it matters, Minnesota or Colorado. Really, if that's the really two good. teams. Those will be. It's a great conference final either either way. Yeah, as I and, and my I mean, words you know, we've said it a couple times, but Vegas is just going to walk to the uh, yeah. finals through the Pacific. Obviously, um, thing A, it's the NHL playoffs. Oh my god! So. I did, oh my god! Alec Martinez is on IR too. He's five and a half, five point two five mil too. Yeah, good, good luck, Lord. Vegas. I'm glad the Wild didn't put themselves in that situation after watching. You know, hindsight's 2020. Obviously, I was big on the the Eichel. You know, I was big on that Eichel train. I wanted him. I wanted the Wild to trade for him. I was like, this is what we need is a, you know, 
a yeah. star in Kaprizov, I mean, I, feel a solid player in Fiala, another Killing. star in Eichel. Like, come on, man, that's great. But yeah. looking at that situation, would Bit you really want the Wild fumbling with this right now? Like, ooh, ooh, do we yeah, have to I'm lose Duhame? Do we? Lose, I mean, is Greenway signed back if this happens? And Greenway, not. Yeah, so. uh, Hartman is probably gone. Duhame is gone. Uh, Fiala is definitely gone. No, nah, I'm then, with you. I'm I'm with you. I think the the Wild have put themselves into a nice little spot here, which is going to kick it off into uh, our wild takes. So, Zooch, I know you said you kind of changed yours on the fly. I, would I did. Love, I would love to hear what your new and potentially improved wild take is. Very much improved. Um, <laughs> after many years of suffering in this state of Minnesota, playoff droughts, all this, you know, Twins haven't won a playoff game in 18 years. Um, I think the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, wow. The Timberwolves oh, both won a down. playoff series this year. And no, I'm Ooh. not talking about a play-in. I, I really like the Timberwolves, man. I, I've been starting to tune into their games a lot more. D'Lo, who I, I was kind of low on for a while. You, because you were I thought, more than low on. You were yeah, actively I, hating him. Yeah. He, dude, He what a player. I mean, when he's healthy and he's going, what a player on the court. I mean, the other day, I, I was blown away. So he gets the ball. He pump fakes it, lets the guy get in his face. He's like, all right, now I'm going to pump this three over you and into the basket. <laughs> he drills it. I'm like, whoa, okay. You got Ant. You got Cat. Now you got a player like D'Lo as well into the mix. All these guys are healthy. They're rolling. Um, I mean, what, five-game win streak right now? Yeah, pending three games uh, over five hundred in February. Yeah, they're they're five on a five game win streak. They played last night. They played the uh, you know by the time you listen to this last night they played the Sacramento, Sacramento Kings, who earlier in the day traded their best player and the players that they have yeah. coming back aren't eligible to play for. So like knocking on wood, sounds um, like they'll be thirty and twenty five. There's a very so. good chance that they're on a six game win streak by the time you're listening to this. No, they play them back to back, so we got Sacramento for two. That's true. But by so, the, yeah, so there's a good chance that they're on a six game win no, streak I, and, and I, uh, potentially on a seven game win streak, depending on how late you uh, started listening to this game. Uh, yeah, and, and to be honest, I think uh, they, they definitely are going to flirt with that uh, six and five seed. I don't know if they can climb up to the four, but they're only four out. They're only four games out. So with a very weak schedule, I don't know. I like the teams that they're chasing. I think the Wolves are just as good as you know almost every team in the Western Conference with you know, the exclusion of the Suns, uh, Warriors. I, I really don't even think Memphis is as far as far above the Wolves as everyone wants to put out there. I don't think that they are. I think no. they're I think the top to two even. teams are pretty far above the rest of the Western Conference, so that gives me hope that the Wolves will get a favorable matchup. And we got a lot of vets and young players, so, yeah, I think the Wild and Wolves are winter sports saviors We'll get playoff wins this year to kind of wet the palate for years to come of hopefully successful Minnesota I sports. Love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! Um, Someone's got to light the torch, Dev. We yeah. need we they need to start winning in the playoffs, and I think these two teams can definitely jumpstart the process. So you mentioned our winter saviors, and let me tell you, our Soviet saver. Ooh, he has tried a couple th- there have been a couple times throughout the year where 
we have seen him either start to attempt or actually attempt what would have been an incredible highlight real level goal. Right. And the Carolina Hurricanes have their own Soviet counterpart who does, he's just like an incredible Russian highlight reel. Andrei Sveshnikov. <laughs> I think that both of them are going to score highlight reel goals on Saturday night because they've both been trying, uh, you know, Svech, Svech tried to, you know, he's tried and successfully did the Michigan in a game enough times that they were like, Oh, maybe we should call it the Svechnikov. And, you know, Kaprizov keeps trying to do that, like behind the legs, backhanded wrister thing or through the legs. <laughs> Listen, he tried to do the Michigan too, didn't he? He, he, like, yeah, he started, like, started it, started like, it and it was like, Oh, I don't have it. <laughs> And both of them aren't afraid to do that. Both of these teams are, you know, they're, they're both like pretty good defensively, but you can absolutely create a little bit of space. And I think that we're going to see the two Russians basically try and one up each other. as like a bit of Soviet pride. See who can get uh, Alexander Ovechkin's, uh, you know, adoration more. We already know that, uh, Ovi likes Kaprizov more because he beat the absolute shit out of Svechnikov a couple years ago. And, and, he, and Ovi tweeted at Kaprizov. And, and he tweeted smiley all the, the smiley face after uh, Kaprizov did How awesome. How was that? That was awesome. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. The All-Star Weekend was one of the better like pro sports All-Star Weekends that I've seen in a long time. Um, since like back when the Pro Bowl was in Hawaii and guys actually like kind of tried. Um, yeah, yeah, that was awful to me, and I get the pro, it. The like, pro obviously, this year we was get terrible. it. I, yeah, we, I and, get it, but I, that's okay. That was fucking two hand touch, and I think that's the first time I swore this entire episode. <laughs> what in the world was I watching? And I get it. I, I get it. Okay, the you're, Pro Bowl you're a month garbage. away from free agency. There's there's guys that want contracts. If you get injured, that affects us. But would it? I mean, would it kill you to not jog your routes out? Yeah. Like, for God's sakes. And then you get Jefferson. It looked like every single play, which I'm going to be honest, I I didn't watch a lot of that at all. I was flipping channels. But every time I'd see a Jefferson route, it looked like they're fucking press coverage. (laughs) I was like, hey, what did he say to everybody? He should be running free. Yeah. I mean, if Mac Jones can get a 50-yard breakaway, why can't That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But listen – the NHL All Star was so cool. The like, the thing on the Bellagio fountains was awesome. The, oh, that was uh, cool. The twenty one like the blackjack accuracy contest was a really cool twist. Like, I really like that. I don't know how you would do that. You know, if in, if like the All Star game is in like Montreal, you know, I don't know how you would incorporate it into such a cool way. You know, everybody has to like hit progressively smaller bowls of poutine or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's but like that. um. The all-star game, the whole weekend was great. The games themselves, like whatever, they're fun. Um, uh, Ben, Benny G mentioned that he listens to a lot of 32 thoughts. I listened to theirs as uh, listen to them a lot as well. And Jeff Merrick had what I consider to be the perfect description of the all-star game. He said it is the best beer league hockey game you will ever watch. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's what it is. And I think that's all it should be is just like, basically like pro athletes playing a beer league game. Like Pete DeBoer was openly hung over on the bench. Like he was telling folks that he was hung over from the night before after the game. And like, 
I love that. Honestly, like it was fun. It was dumb. Who cares? Um, our boys played really, really well. The breakaway contest where Kaprizov did his little tribute to Obi was awesome. It's a damn shame that Ovi didn't get to go. Although, you know, the joke is that he like contracted COVID so that he a doesn't have to get tested for the rest of the season. And then B doesn't have to go to the all-star game, which like fair. Um, but I do think that, you know, I don't, I don't know Ovi Alexander and I are, you know, we're not close friends. You, you don't talk in text as much as people think. No, we do not. No, we, we talk in text exactly as much as people think. <laughs> and you know, who knows? I've been a big fan of Ovi's for a long time, but it's very clear he doesn't give a shit about the All-Star game, which, like, fair. Uh, he's trying to win another cup, and that's fine. Does Kaprizov uh, give you a little bit of Ovi vibes? Just a little bit? Yeah, just based off how he's, like... Bit. Yeah, I, he really does, man. Like, not... Okay. Their obviously, styles are obviously a little different. A, a little different, <laughs> but... Well, here's the thing. I don't want to sound like... I'm saying Ovi is an overrated player, but I think what what Ovi does oh fantastic is finding the back of the net. Yeah. This man is just a generational goal scorer, and I think that's obvious. Um, yeah. And in terms of skating, I would probably take Kaprizov as a skater. As to, yeah, in terms of absolutely. Like, you know, I don't think anybody would deny that. And all that and, and playmaking ability as well, if we're going to be honest too. But, I mean, well, to an extent. He's young. He's only had two years in the NHL for whatever. Yeah, he's barely. Um, I think Ovechkin's always been the guy they put up on the point, and he's going to rifle home goals. He's going to find, you know, he scored highlight highlight real goals too. I mean, that one against the Coyotes way back when. Come on, man, there ain't better. There ain't been a better goal scored in the NHL. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I I see similarities in how they act, and just kind of like, you know, Ovechkin won't interview with people. Kaprizov's the same freaking way. He's just like, yeah, but then you see. Uh, everybody that will like listen will tell you like, oh, he speaks his English is just fine. He's yeah, just, and like, everyone behind the scenes is like, yeah, the guy's awesome in the locker room. He's yeah. super fun to be around. Ovechkin seems like a jokester too, you know. The commercial with uh, Ovi and Backstrom and Ovi's wife is <laughs> <Yeah>. phenomenal. <laughs> it's uh, awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, Ovi and it's uh, Ovi and Backstrom sitting on his couch eating cereal and. Uh, Obi's wife comes out and she says, "You know why is why is Nicholas always here?" And he <laughs> says, "Well, of course I have to take care of him." And she goes, "Well, why is he on the life insurance policy?" He goes, "Well, if something happens to me, who's going to pass him the puck? His stats, go, <laughs> his stats will go way down, and then he won't make money for his family. Who's going to take care of him?" <laughs> and then Backstrom, so Backstrom just deadpans goes, "Yeah, who's going to take care of me?" <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. I cannot so believe good. that they got. NHL players to do that and I love it I want more of they that need more of it they really do because to grow this game like the bar is very very low right now for like being a personality in the NHL you have it's basically like Ovi pasta yeah PK. Oh, to your point look at McDavid taking over the CCM Instagram page that I went well don't even I didn't even know what that happened. it was the lamest thing I've ever seen he's like if one of the pictures was him tying his skates and it literally said, what skate do you start first with left or right? I start with right. It's like, what dude? And that that was one of the two videos posted of him on the season page. There are certain guys like McDavid. uh, You kind of hear it about Sid, but not as much lately where you're just like, okay, they don't actually, they really don't have that much of a personality. So like, okay, whatever. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It was I, funny that someone said the only McDavid's the only person that can make boring entertaining. Because <laughs> everyone is talking about it. <laughs> that's really good. So that's going to do it for us here at the Wild Takes Podcast. As always, thank you for listening to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Go give us a follow on our new social media handles on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at WildTakes10K. And make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10K crew as well. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate it, tell your enemies. That's a win for you. Long live the piss missile. Let's go wild. Stay safe out there, folks. Let's go.